turning in our Bibles tonight to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I want to say thank God again for a wonderful Ready Now report this morning. Thank you, Brother Duvall. God bless him. And amen. This wonderful campaign that God has allowed us to enter into, and we thank the Lord for it. And uh, we were talking about Bible quizzing this morning as well and uh, I preached about Esther and then it occurred to me my first Bible quizzing year because I quizzed for seven years the first year of my Bible quizzing career was on the book of Esther and uh, and I thought what a, what a wonderful thing. I, wa- I wonder how many of these precious young people are going to be preaching on the verses they're learning one day. If the Lord tarries, you can count on. They'll be preaching it, teaching it, standing on it, declaring it. Hallelujah. Winning souls with it. Bless His name. Bless His name. Bless His name. Bless His name. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Reading from Ephesians chapter 4, God bless you, Minister Donna Field. So good to see you tonight. We thank God for the wonderful work you do with the Day of Pentecost Foundation. And uh, we thank God for the apostolic unity that we have in the city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Amen, amen, amen. I think we ought to give God a great hand clap of praise for that. Thank you, Jesus. It, it, I, I will say this, and, and I don't say it. I don't say it in negatively. I say it positively concerning our city. It's not that way in every city, but I thank God that it's that way in Cincinnati, and it's it's just getting stronger and stronger. And you and you rest assured, it will be that way in heaven. Oh, hallelujah! It will be that way in glory. So we're going to start right now. We thank the Lord for it, and and our city needs it. Of course, this past week was evidence to us that our city our city needs the church downtown all around our city needs the church to be vigilant and to be diligent and to be prayerful and mindful lost souls in need of salvation God help us all Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Hallelujah. I I just want to speak to you for a few moments this evening on the subject, walking worthy of the calling. Walking worthy of the calling. Could we go together to the Lord in prayer? Jesus, we thank you for your word that is so rich and wonderful. We thank you, God, and we should thank you more, but we thank you for your word that we can read and cling to Let it speak to our hearts today as we entertain it and as we are instructed by it. I pray, oh God, that it would would be spirit and life to us. 
Let it quicken our mortal bodies. Let it get into the bones and the sinew. Let it get into our minds, our soul and spirit, O oh God, our hearts. Let us, I pray in Jesus' name, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. From first glance, I don't even, I wouldn't even know that it were possible that any of us could walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. It is a high and a holy calling. It is a calling that, that, None of us are worthy of having received. And I think we take it for granted. I know that we take it for granted. That we, we do. We just kind of come and go from the house of God. We open our Bibles and we catch our daily reminder of a, of a scriptural inspiration. And, and we're thankful for it to some extent. But. But, but I don't know if we stop enough and consider just how unworthy we are. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. We can see how we take it for granted when we, when we look down on others. That, that really becomes the telltale. Because we, we don't realize that that we are just like any sinner you have ever met. We're just like anybody else. There is no difference between you, me, and anybody else that walks this earth except the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. And it should be, our, it should be a daily thought, a daily reminder, a daily understanding that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would be unable and incapable to even be able to stand in this place and magnify the Lord. How? How? Somebody, somebody try to tell me how in the world. We are able, as the scripture teaches us, to stand lifting up holy hands. I mean, stop right there. How am I supposed to lift up holy hands? Who made these hands holy? Because in and of themselves they're not holy. But here I'm told by the word of God that I'm able to lift up holy hands. And I'm able to do it without wrath. Really? And I'm able to do it without doubting. Hallelujah. Somebody did that for me. You have to understand somebody. Somebody with a great love wherewith they loved me had to do that. Somebody who can supply all my needs according to their riches and glory had to do that for me. Because I don't have it in and of myself to be able to, to stand and lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. It's just not within me and it's not within you. 
we see the great account that Jesus describes. And in this account, Jesus said that there was a, a, a rich man, and, and a Pharisee uh, rather, and, a, and then a, a publican. And they both entered into the temple to pray. And, and as they did, the publican's prayer was very, was very just basic. It was honest. It was, it was simply, I am a sinner. He smote his breast and said, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am undone. I need God. I, I have nothing in and of myself to give. And, and, and then the, the, the Pharisee's prayer was, as he looked upon this publican, he said, Lord, I thank you that I am not as other men, namely this publican. I'm glad that I'm not like this, this poor guy who has obviously made a lot of bad decisions. This guy who has walked down a lot of wrong roads. I'm thankful that I haven't done all that he has done. I'm thankful that I've got a better track record, a better resume, a better pedigree or whatever than this man. And I thank you that I'm not like other men. And Jesus said, no, no, that is a flawed prayer. And it's a flawed perspective. He said, I don't even have respect for that prayer. He said, the, the man who walked away justified was the man who simply said, I am a sinner with contrition of heart. Because the fact of the matter is, the Pharisee was just exactly like the publican. He too was a sinner. He just didn't know it. He too was without hope. He just didn't realize it. And so he was comparing himself to this, to this man who had, who had done so much in his life that could distance him from God. And because the Pharisee thought that he was justified by his own works, he thought that he was closer to God than this lowly publican. But some, somehow we've got to understand that our holiness is not measured by who we are holier than it is measured by the holiness of God I am not compared to anybody in this world I am compared to the standard and the measure of the Lord Jesus Christ and y'all I'm going to tell you something I have I will never be able to measure up to that beautiful and perfect standard and so I must always remain in a position of humility before the Lord and I must always remain in a position of humility before my, my fellow man. It, it is an absolute must. I, I don't know how we walk worthy of a vocation wherewith we are called. Let's remember that he called us out of darkness. Hallelujah. And into this marvelous light. Let's remember that we were wretches undone. Hallelujah. Let's, let's remember that, that, that such were some of us. But now we are washed, and now we are sanctified, and now we are justified by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. May we never receive in ourselves a mindset that somehow we've earned this great salvation. May we never receive in our hearts this feeling or this thought that somehow God owes to us something. God owes us nothing. But he has so graciously bestowed upon us the everlasting love of God and the mercy of the Lord that endures forever. He picked us up out of a miry clay and set 
our feet, hallelujah, upon a rock to stay. And he put a song in our soul today, a song of his praise, hallelujah. That, that song opens with the verse that says, my heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown. We don't talk about Jehovah's dread frown any longer. But I want you to know that in sin, there is a dreadful frown, sadness of God. There is a godly sorrow that hovers over sin and transgression and iniquity. And it is so very prevalent in our lives. It is that constant awareness that you are not where you need to be. It is that constant, that constant thought. You might call it your conscience. You might even call it conviction. But this constant thought that something is missing in my life. What's missing is the favor of God. The grace of God. But oh friend, I've got good news for you. If you turn it over to Jesus. If you turn, hallelujah, from your wicked ways. If you repent of all your sins. If you repent and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out hallelujah when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord my God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost my God will pour you out blessings that you cannot contain he'll do it he will do it and, and how we deserve that it's it's and how people can think they deserve that is is beyond me I, I should walk every day thankful grateful there should always be a song of thanksgiving on my tongue. There should always be a song of praise. Hallelujah. I, I should always be thinking of Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. I should always be thinking about the blood-stained banner. Hallelujah. I should always be thinking he didn't have to do it, but he did. I should always be thinking if it had not been for the Lord. Every person I see who walks in wickedness, I should say, there but for the grace of God go I. It is because God is good that I'm able to stand in this place and praise his name. It is because God is good that I'm able to walk on streets of gold someday. It is because God is good. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. See, that word vocation, we, we, we think of that in modern terms as a, as a profession, and it is. But a profession has to do with speech, and so does vocation. They're both speech-related words. And we think it's, well, well it's what I do. It's, it's what I do. Somebody says, what do you do for a living? And you say, well, my profession is or my vocation is because you're telling them what you do. See, you're, you're actually saying something very important because your vocation is not only what you do, it's what you say. And what you say and what you do need to be the same thing. Your profession is not just what you do, it's also what you say, profess. It's where we get the word uh, confess. It has to do with speech and, and vocation. That VOC has to do with vocal. It has to do with, with uh, voice. It is a, a speech-related thing. And so when the Bible says walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, it is describing when the voice of God called you. It's describing when God's word, hallelujah, thundered out of heaven, but landed in your soul as a still small vocation. 
and said, come unto me. Hallelujah. How many remember when the voice of God began to speak to you softly and tenderly? Hallelujah. How many remember when he spoke to you in the midnight hour, long before you ever loved him or cared anything about him, long before you ever cared about the truth, back back when you were always just trying to get ahead or, 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 or find the next fleeting fix, and, and, and yet the voice of God was wrapped up in every place you were going. He was calling you, come unto me, come unto me, all you that labor and all you that are heavy laden, come unto to me it was the same voice that said to Samuel Samuel and Samuel said speak Lord for your servant hears hallelujah it was the same voice that said is there anyone who will go for me and Isaiah said send me here am I send me it was the same voice that said Mary and Mary turned to see who she thought was the gardener but there was an unmistakable voice an unmistakable calling an unmistakable vocation it was the same voice that said Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said who art thou? Jehovah and Jehovah said I am Jesus it is the voice that walked in the garden of Eden it is the voice that came from the burning bush and spoke to Moses it was the voice that whispered to Abraham and said leave thy father's house and leave thy father's kingdom Hallelujah. That's the voice that called you out of darkness. That's the voice that brought you up out of a pit of despair. It was the word of God that let down a lifeline into where you were. And said, follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. I'm going to give you a way out of this mess. I'm going to give you a way out of this despondency. I'm going to give you a way out of this hopelessness and helplessness. It was the voice of God. You were called out. See, don't think that you're missing out. See, you raised in the church, and it's easy to look at the world and, and think that you're missing out because the world will lie to you like the snake lied to Eve and tell you that somehow you're missing out on this or that, but, but you're not missing out. You've been called out. Hallelujah. This is why separation from the world and unto the Lord is so important because when we talk about separation hallelujah we're not just talking about separation from worldly pleasure which is not pleasure at all we're talking about separation from worldly sorrow because we do not sorrow as the world sorrows but we sorrow after a godly sort I thank God he called me out I thank God he lifted me up like he called Peter out of the boat. If it be thou, Lord, bid me come. Peter, step out of the boat and onto the water. The same voice that told Zacchaeus today, salvation is coming to your house. The same voice that said to the disciples, cast down your nets and follow me. Hallelujah. The same voice that thundered on Mount Sinai. The same voice. Oh, hallelujah. That whispered to Elijah in the lonely cave. The same voice that thundered through the scriptures called us out of our sin my God in heaven I need to say that again that voice called you out of your sin don't stay in that sin he called you out of that sin don't 
return to it like a dog would return to its vomit. Don't return to it like a pig would wallow in the mire. He called you out. He lifted you up. It's the voice of God that did that. Oh, bless his holy name. And I hear Paul say that there is a possibility. That there is a way that you can can walk worthy of that calling. Because I want to tell you something. I I know that in my flesh, I, I don't walk worthy of his calling. I don't. Not in my flesh. I can get arrogant. I'm naturally ignorant. I can get proud, envious, greedy. I can become rebellious and stubborn and angry. And, 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 you know, be angry and sin not. You know, people think that means be angry, but don't, don't kill anybody. No. If you're being angry and biting people's heads off, you know, be angry and sin not means be angry and don't touch your brother with your words or your actions. You hear what I'm saying? Be, be angry, but don't start lashing out at people, your spouses and your children and your, and your loved ones and your parents. Be angry, but sin not. Don't have malice and wrath and anger. And, and folks, when I look at what the Bible describes my Lord as being, I'm so far from being like the Lord. How can I walk worthy of the vocation wherewith I'm called? How can I stand up under the the, the microscope of, of what is deemed to be worthy of Jesus having mercy on me. I will never, me- I'll never measure up to that. You'll never measure it up, up to it either. I, 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 will, I, don't, I don't think I could ever look at myself and think, wow, you've really proven to be all that God can make you to be that ladies and gentlemen is how you can walk worthy he said this is how you do it you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called this is how with all lowliness Ah, hallelujah hallelujah you 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 walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness that that, that means with humility and, and i don't even know how to be humble I, I let alone walk humbly but but the scripture says what does the lord require of thee but to love mercy and to do justly and to walk humbly before thy god Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It it, it doesn't matter what else you're doing. If you don't love mercy and do justly and walk humbly before thy God, then you're going to find you're going to have a rude awakening when you stand before that holy judgment seat and the Lord says, I never knew you. And you pull out the list of every service you've been to and everybody that you talked to and you scratch off the ones you talked about. But the Lord says, I want to know, did you, did you know me intimately? Did you have relationship with me? And the only way you can have relationship with him is to love mercy and to do justly and to walk humbly before thy God. See, Jesus was a lowly, lowly man. He was not, he was not like those that, would, that the world would look to for, for their 
idea of a king. He was a lowly, lowly man. This old song says there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all my soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy. No, not one. No. Not one, and yet no friend is so meek and so lowly. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles, He will guide us till the day is done. The only way you can walk worthy of the calling of God in your life is to walk humbly before thy God. The only way. Only way, the only way you can ever walk worthy. See, we, we want sometimes to show how worthy we are of the calling of God in our life by showing everybody how many great things we've done. So we'll, we'll create, we'll create a, a bio that, that we'll, we'll throw in a few adjectives here and there and make sure that everybody knows how special we are. And, 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 and really, the only, your bio means life. It has to do with life. And the only life that was truly lived to perfection was the life of Jesus Christ. So, so if, if, if you're going to try to be anything, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, took upon him the form of a master, of a king, of a magistrate, of, of a potentate, uh, of, a, of, a, of an oligarch. No, he took upon him the form of a servant. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Become obedient all the way unto death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind be in you. This is the only way to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Is to understand, I... Every, every, every little blessing that comes my way, I ought to shout about it. Because I don't deserve not one of them. I don't deserve the breath I'm breathing right now. Hallelujah. I don't deserve the heart that's beating in my chest right now. Glory to God. I certainly don't deserve to be able to stand up behind this pulpit and preach this sacred book. I don't deserve. I'm not worthy to be able to stand on these two legs and have them function so capably. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. Unless I ever begin to feel like God owes me this or that. Listen, when tragedy comes or when sorrow comes, think it not strange when you enter into a fiery trial. See, see, when you're walking lowly before the Lord, you, you begin to understand you, the, the stuff you deserve is the stuff you're shocked that comes your way. Because you, you, don't, feel like you, don't, you don't feel like you deserve anything that's, that's not good. So when something that comes your way that you deem not good, that's when you are surprised. And Peter said, don't think it's strange. When you fall into diverse temptations, don't think it's strange when you enter into a fiery trial. You, you, you should think it's strange when blessings just roll out of heaven on you. 
because you and I don't deserve those. But, but he daily loadeth us with benefits. It's like every single day he loads me up with a brand new slate of blessing after blessing after blessing. Uh, his mercy is new every morning. And I'm so spoiled that I walk right past his beautiful, blessed, new mercy and act like it was owed to me. It's not owed to me. It's not owed to you. Walk humbly before your God. And then you can walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. I, I don't even know how we can walk worthy. The only way is to know that you're not worthy. Except that the blood of Jesus makes us worthy. Only the blood of Jesus can wash us and make us clean. Only the innocence of Jesus Christ can cover us so thoroughly that when we stand before God, we stand before Him as innocent and blameless. So walk humbly before thy God. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how to be humble and, and neither do you. We, we don't know how to be humble. So we have to ask the Lord, Lord, give us humility. You probably heard me tell at the time I was a kid and I was praying I was actually laying in our church in Indiana about this area of the platform next to the between the piano and the organ and we were in a prayer meeting and I was laying down prostrate on the floor and I was I was just praying to God and while I was praying I said oh God I was praying for everything you can think of and uh, and I remember people saying don't ask God for patience because he might give it to you heard people say don't ask God for humility because he might give it to you and before I knew it I got carried away and I said oh God make me humble and then I said oh wait hold on <laughs> and I was trying to you know rewind rewind, delete and whatever backspace whatever needed to happen Lord could you strike that from the record of my prayer and I and I and I was actually I was I was quite young and I and I really was trying to explain to God what I meant <laughs> I didn't I didn't want God to misunderstand I don't really want to be made humble I just want to say that and then you do something that's cool in my life and and um, and then so I'm trying to explain to, and 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 God spoke to me as a child and he said don't ever be afraid to ask me for anything <laughs> I'm not going to humiliate you not when I give you humility, I give you the real thing. You can't get it on your own. I'm the only way. I'm the only place it can come from. So don't ever be afraid to ask me for anything. He said, "If you want wisdom, ask God for wisdom." You know what? Those disciples were getting beat up every time they preached Jesus. Every time somebody got healed, they got called in before the council and beaten and, and smitten with rods and sent out and forced and, and, and told never to teach again in the name of Jesus. And they were scared and shaking. So you know what they did? They said, God, give us boldness. Because we can't get it in and of ourselves. Whatever you need, ask of the Lord and he will give to you what you need. And what you, what you need and what I need is humility. See, when humility gets on you, offense has no power over you. It has no power over you because when offenses come, you realize because you're, you're, you're walking lowly before the Lord. You, you realize, hey, I don't deserve any. I don't deserve, not in my flesh. I don't deserve blessings. So, so I'm not going to get offended at offenses that come because I, I, 
I understand he's the only one who is worthy of praise. He's the only one who is worthy of worship. And Jesus said, listen, if you will, if you will live like that, your father that sees in secret shall reward you openly. You leave the rewarding to God. You leave the blessing to God. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all humility and lowliness. Lowliness. Take the lowest seat in the house. Hallelujah. Don't seek for everybody's approval and everybody's validation. Don't look to prop yourself up in the eyes of people, but walk worthy of the calling with all lowliness. And I'm not talking about false humility. I'm not talking about false modesty. I'm not talking about getting a fishing pole and fishing for the approval that you want very discreetly and and, and sneakily so that nobody will know that's what you're doing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about truly walking with all lowliness before the Lord. And he said that's, that's how you do it. You walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called with all lowliness. With all humility and meekness. Meekness is, is, is really like gentleness but but in the in the in the reading of the fruit of the spirit you understand meekness and gentleness are both listed in the fruit of the spirit so meekness is different than gentleness and and i want to explain how it's different we understand how meekness is different because we understand who the meekest man who ever lived was the meekest man outside of jesus christ but the meekest man in the Old Testament who ever lived was a man by the name of Moses. Now Moses was meek. Moses parted waters. Moses, Moses brought water out of a rock. Moses called bread down from heaven. Moses was a powerful man, but he was the, weak, the meekest man. And don't mistake meekness for weakness. Because meekness is not weakness. Here's meekness. Look at the life of Moses. Moses dealt with one uprising after another among the children of Israel. And he never personally lashed out at any of them. Meekness is gentleness in this form. Letting the Lord fight your battles. Korah, Korah had arrayed a, a political onslaught against Moses. He was going to overthrow him, usurp him, move him out of the way. And Moses never lifted a finger against Korah. He actually begged him, please don't do it. Please don't do it. You don't understand. You, you're, you're walking on dangerous ground. Please don't do it. And, and, and instead of Moses saying, oh yeah, you want to fight? Because <laughs> it can get to you personally when, 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 when the enemy comes at you in the form of... of of, a, of somebody like Korah. And Moses, I'm sure, wrestled with it. But he never gave in to it. And he said, I'm going to let the Lord fight my battle. He said, Lord, I need to know what to do. What, what should I do? The Lord said, you don't need to do anything. You just, you just tell Korah to back off. Tell him he needs to back off for his own good. And so they come out to, to meet. And, and, and Moses said, Korah, I'm trying to tell you that the Lord is going to show where his favor rests, and, and you really need to just let this thing go. And, and Korah was adamantly opposed to Moses. He had arrayed his whole family against Moses. And the Bible says that, 
that when the time was right, the Lord opened up the earth and swallowed Korah and his whole family and shut the earth on top of them. Moses didn't do that. God did that. There was a time when Miriam and Aaron, Moses' own biological brother and sister, had raised up their voice against Moses and began to, to speak against him. Had the Lord only spoke by Moses was the refrain that went throughout Israel. And, and Miriam and Aaron were backbiting Moses when Moses wasn't even privy to what they were saying. And, and the Lord spoke to Moses and said, All right, Moses, I want you to come to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he told Miriam and Aaron to come to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And while they're standing there, Moses still doesn't know what's going on. And the Lord spoke to Miriam and Aaron and said, I speak to some by visions in the night, but not Moses. I speak to Moses face to face. That's the difference. And God withdrew himself and struck Miriam with leprosy. She falls to the ground covered in leprosy and Moses goes to his sister's aid. Aaron said, Moses, pray for her. And Moses said, I don't even know what's going on. He said, heal her now, Lord, I beseech thee. And the Lord healed her, but she had to go out of the camp for seven days. Moses didn't have to lift a finger to his enemies, and you don't have to lift a finger to your enemies. You do not have to respond to those who come against you. You don't have to do it. All you have to do is call on God, lean on God, trust in God, ask God to help you, ask God to move on your behalf, and the Lord will reward you for that. That's how you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. By walking with meekness, hallelujah, gentleness in the form of letting the Lord fight your battles. Hallelujah, go to God in prayer. We talked about Esther this morning. The thing that I love about Esther is that when it came time to deal with Haman, Esther walked in and Haman was in the banquet house, but she never dealt with Haman. She just talked to the king. And that's what you got to do. You don't need to even worry about the Hamans in your life. Just talk to the king. Say, Lord, this is my situation. This is my problem. This is my issue. This is what I'm up against. Have your way, Lord. And the Lord will fight your battle. But if you get a bad spirit and you get an ugly attitude, then the Lord will have to correct you in the process of fighting your battles. And you end up with wounds that, that, that you receive from the Lord in order to teach you how to be meek in his presence. But, 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 but God said, if you want to walk worthy of my calling. See, God can use meek people. He cannot use proud people. As a matter of fact, he resists the proud. But he will use meek people. People who will let him fight their battles. Hold your peace. And let the Lord fight your battle. And you say, well, what if the Lord's not on my side? Well, hello. And you, this is where you need to be. At this altar. And say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for whatever I've done to be on the wrong side of this equation. Wash my heart and wash my mind and cleanse me again, oh God. And the Lord will fight for you. He will fight for you. Oh, bless his name. Walk with all lowliness. Walk with all meekness. Understanding that, that you are just blessed to be in His presence. You're just blessed, hallelujah, to be in His glory. I love the way that the apostles 
talking about lowliness and humility and meekness, the way that the apostles healed the man that was at the gate called Beautiful. They, they did not, when they said in the name of Jesus, they didn't do it as a show. They didn't do it as, as some kind of a, of a you know, d- d- theatrical ex- expression. They, they, they simply said, it is not by our ability. See, later they were questioned about it, and Peter said, It is not by us that this man was made whole, but it is in the name of Jesus Christ. And there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. So when they took that man by the hand, they said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not in the name of Peter, not in the name of John, but in the name of Jesus Christ. The seven sons of Sceva were different. They said, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. They had this whole elaborate expression and demonstration and that's not how God operates he operates through the lowly he operates through the humble he operates through the meek of the earth don't you know that the meek shall inherit the earth glory to God I'm going to tell you there's a lot of non-meek people who are vying and pushing and shoving and trying to assassinate character and trying to move people out of their way so they can become the top dog in the earth the meek shall inherit the earth. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. That's how you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. This is a high and a holy calling. He has called you to be the light of the world. He has called you to be the salt of the earth. How do you walk worthy of that? How do you walk worthy to, to stand behind him and follow him taking up your cross? How do you even, how do you even are, are you able to stand up under that type of a banner? You do it by walking with all lowliness. And meekness and long-suffering. There's that word. I talk about it a lot. Long-suffering. I don't talk about it as an authority on it. God has been so good to me. But I see it in the scriptures. And I see the people of the scriptures who, who, who experienced it. And I've, I've, had, I've had a measure I've had a measure of suffering, but, but I don't even know that I can call it that because God has been so good to me. I preached a message one time called the forgotten fruit of the spirit. And in it, I talk about how that people have forgotten about long suffering. They want to call it patience. It's a prettier word. But it's not, it doesn't entail all that long suffering is. The Bible calls it long suffering. And long suffering, guess what that means? If you get down inside the meaning of that word long suffering, it means long suffering. You get in the Greek and the Hebrew of it and you find out that the ins and outs of it come out to mean long suffering. You might even want to put a few O's in there. Long suffering. It really truly does mean suffering for a long time. Perhaps with no end in sight. Moses suffered through the wilderness and only got to look at the promised land from a distance. There is, there is, there is a reality that suffering can take place for a long time. And I don't know, I don't understand all of it, but I do know that we have fellowship with him in our time of suffering. I do know that we draw closer to Him in our time of suffering. We are never closer to God than when we suffer. Oh, hallelujah. I, I've gone through periods of, of suffering where I was going through a battle and the enemy was attacking. And I, and I, was, I was going through that experience and, and, and I was so close to God. I was like holding on to His hand. You know, the enemy comes in like a flood and you climb up on God's back. 
and you're talking in his ear and you're looking down at the enemy coming in like a flood. And then the flood recedes, goes back out, and you climb down off his back and you're like, oh, thanks God, appreciate it. Yeah, I'll see you, not this Sunday, next Sunday. No, I'm gone then too, the following Sunday. But, but, but long suffering draws us close to him like nothing else draws us close to him. And if we can suffer for a long time without losing our faith in God, we are walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Hallelujah. I preached this message and, and, and there was a young lady and she came to Cincinnati. She had been in a terrible car accident and, and you know her, Shannon Henry. She's a, a wonderful young lady and God has, has uh, just, he's just blessed her in so many ways. And yet she experienced such severe suffering following her car accident. She first came across our, our ministry here at Tree of Life by hearing a message where we gave the great testimony of Brother Jared Leeser. And it so inspired her. She wanted to come to Cincinnati and meet Jared and Tiffany. And, and so she did. Then she heard the message, the forgotten fruit of the Spirit. She heard the story of my grandmother's car accident. It spoke to her in a different way. And she, she expressed her, her th- gratitude for the ministry of, on the subject of long-suffering. And I, uh, I heard that, and I, I, I went away, and I had a conversation with God where I wept. Because I, I didn't feel worthy to have expressed the idea or the concept of long-suffering to an individual who had suffered as Shannon had suffered. Where she had been paralyzed from her neck down. God thankfully healed the upper part of her body. And now from her waist down, she was unable to, to, to walk. And, I, and, and she's telling me that this message on long-suffering helped her. And I said, I wept. I said, God, I don't know how because I don't understand long-suffering like she understands long-suffering. And I said, I know what little bit, what little measure of suffering I had that led me into an ability to preach on the subject. But I said, how in the world did my, my brief encounter with long-suffering ever relate? How did it relate to a young lady from the age of 18 to 22, unable to walk? How did it relate to her about long-suffering? And the Lord spoke to me. And said, your suffering didn't relate to her. My suffering related to her. Hallelujah. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. All I I know is that when we suffer, we are close to God. So don't resent it. Don't reject it. Just flow with it. Flow with it and let the Lord fight your battles. And let the Lord take you by the hand and walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. He'll prepare you a table in the presence of your enemies. And your cup will run over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you are willing to suffer long periods of time. You are walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. He said, you want to know how to walk worthy of the vocation vocation wherewith you are called? Forbear one another in love. It means endure one another in love. Is there anybody that you know of that you've just had to endure? Don't look at them now if they're in this room. Don't look at them. (laughs) 
Don't give them a side eye. Especially if they're sitting right next to you holding your hand. Don't do that. Lord have mercy. But, but enduring one another. How do you endure? How do you endure? Listen, folks. Listen. Well, listen to what Paul said. He said there is one body in verse 4. And there is one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Now you got to understand what he's saying. We, we like to talk about oneness. But we like saying one God. But he didn't just say one God. He said one God and Father of all, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, one spirit, one hope of your calling. We're in this thing together and we are one. And if it weren't for the blood of Jesus, we wouldn't have a lot in common. We would be scattered throughout the uttermost parts of the earth. But he pulled us out of where we were and picked us up out of what we were in and lifted us up. And we all stand in this place today with one common theme and testimony. That he brought me out and he lifted me up and he saved my soul and he delivered me and he redeemed me. You might not like their personality that's sitting down the row from you, but you better learn how to endure them in love. And if you're not willing to endure your brother or sister in love, then you're not walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Endure their quirk. Endure their whatever it is that gets on your last nerve. Whatever it is that bothers you, endure it. Forbear one another in love. How? How do I forbear it? How do I endure it? In love. In love. In love. Love one another even as Christ has loved you. There are a lot of ministries that God wanted to anoint and wanted to use and wanted to, wanted to bless a lot of people's lives. That, that, that They have shut off his blessings because of the way they treat their brothers and sisters. He said, forbear one another in love. That's how you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Every time you show love to that person that you may find it hard to love, God is pleased. Every time you endure hardship with somebody that, 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 that you have a hard time enduring a conversation with, God is pleased. Because there's one body and one spirit and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This same book of Ephesians says that we are quickened together in Jesus Christ. It says that we sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It said that we were dead in trespasses and sin, but he brought us up together, 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 together. We are quickened together. In so many instances, he said we are together. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together forbearing one another in love enduring one another in the love of God and you don't have to fake it till you make it because if you will put God's principles to the test you will truly love them it will get a hold of you it'll get a hold of your heart it'll get a hold of your spirit it'll get a hold of your mind and you'll start loving them with a love that is not your own and then and only then are you worthy to walk in the calling that God has blessed you with. Oh, hallelujah. Notice what Paul said. And I've, I've taken too long as it is. But notice what Paul said. He said, I therefore the prisoner. 
of the Lord. He didn't say, he didn't say the servant of the Lord. He didn't say the man of God. He said the prisoner of the Lord. You know why he said the prisoner of the Lord? He said the prisoner of the Lord because his relationship with God was such that even when he wanted out, he would stay committed. Even when he didn't agree, he would obey. Even, even, even when he could escape, he wouldn't. I am the prisoner of the Lord. I, I willfully put myself behind bars with God. You're going to come across times in your walk with God. If you live for him long enough, you're going to come across times in your walk with God where everything in your flesh wants to walk away from him. And the love of God will constrain you. Oh my God, have mercy. The love of God will constrain you. The spirit of the living God inside of you will hold you fast. And you won't even know why you haven't backslid because everything in you wanted to. And, and God, God is blessing you because you have walked worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And it's an element, it's a depth of walking in the spirit of God I can't even fully understand. But he will hold you, hallelujah. He will hold you. He will bless you. He will bless you for walking with lowliness. He will bless you for walking in meekness he will bless you for walking in long suffering he will bless you for forbearing one another in love and he will bless you for your endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace hallelujah could we just praise the Lord right now could we just praise the Lord right now Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, could we love the Lord together right now? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need some folks who know they don't deserve the blessings that God has put in your life. I need you to come forward right now and say, God, I know I don't deserve it. But I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. Come on, can you lay those blessings down before the Lord and say, God, I don't know why. I don't know why you loved me. I don't know why you cared. I don't know why you sacrificed your life. Oh, but I'm glad. So glad you did. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. <laughs> I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. I don't know why Jesus loved me. 
I don't know why he came. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. <laughs> yes, Lord, come on. Lift your praises to the Lord right now. Lift your praises to the Lord right now. I need somebody to give him a humble praise right now. Give him a humble praise right now. Give him a praise of humility right now. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise of humility right now. I need you to praise him like you don't really, you don't understand why he did it. I need you to praise him like you know you're not worthy of what he did for you. Hallelujah, Lord. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why He cares. I don't know why. Jesus cares. 